Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's time to check in with Atlanta United and Atlanta Hawks broadcaster Mike Conti. Slides it forward, a shot, score! Brought to you by Lindy and the Empower Home Team. Mike Conti on his way to Washington, D.C., where Atlanta United takes on D.C. United tomorrow, right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, pregame at 7, kickoff at 7.30, but on the heels of a really nice win over the weekend. Mike, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good, uh, man. Outstanding. Definitely, uh, definitely enjoyed the the performance on Saturday. Obviously, there's you know some other storylines we can get to in a little bit, but um, they're playing really, really well right now. What, what do you give the most credit to that to? You know, I really think these signings that they made in the summer transfer window so far have really all worked out. Shande Silva, uh, Saba Lobjanitsa have been really very, very effective in bolstering Atlanta United's attack, giving them goal-scoring threats. Saba with two assists on Saturday. Uh, Silva produced the own goal by Kamal Miller, so both of them directly responsible for three of the five goals. But to me, I think the the biggest addition of all, the most impactful addition, uh, is that of Tristan Mayumba. I just think he's given Atlanta United a lot more teeth in the midfield. He's also helped to advance the ball a lot better out of, uh, you know, kind of the edge of the defensive there. I think he and Mateus Ozatu have developed a really good chemistry in a short amount of time. So if I look at where Atlanta United has improved the most since mid-July, I look at that midfield. Keep in mind, too, guys, Atlanta United, since July 1st, there's only one team in the league that's earned more points in league matches than Atlanta United since July 1st, and that's Orlando. So when you look at who are the hottest teams of the league right now, I mean, Miami's going to be in that discussion because of what they did in the League's Cup, but uh, it's Miami, Orlando, and Atlanta that are really kind of making the most noise right now as we head into the final couple weeks of the regular season. Mike, how far and how high can this team uh, get in, in the in the standings for the playoffs? I think realistically, right. probably fourth. Okay. Um, mathematically, they could absolutely get to second. Uh, the problem is, Randy, a couple of the teams that Atlanta United would have to jump have games in hand, which means they have more opportunities to earn points than Atlanta down the stretch. I think if you end up fourth, you're going to be happy with that. That puts you in uh, a situation where you're going to have home field advantage uh, for the first round of the playoffs. A lot of people don't know. First round is going to a best of three, not aggregate scoring. Uh, you know, every game will have a winner. Every game will go to shootout. So it's a true best of three. You're going to want to have that home field advantage in the first round. I think it's realistic Atlanta United can get to fourth. Uh, any further than that would be really tough. The, the one thing I would say, though, is they still have to play Philadelphia and Columbus and Cincinnati, who are all ahead of Atlanta United right now. So they will have some opportunities and six-point matches coming up. Mike, when you tell you they're playing a best of three, how far are these matches spaced out? 
You know, I don't know. I haven't, that's a great question, Randy. I haven't seen the schedule yet. My guess is it would probably be like a Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday type deal or, a, you know, a Sunday, Thursday, Sunday uh, type thing, which, you know, that's that's not unusual. I mean, Atlanta United played this past Saturday. They're going to play tomorrow night. They're going to play again this coming Saturday. So it's something that the players are used to. I, but I don't want to speak out of turn on that because, honestly, I have yet to see a schedule before we even get to the best of three first round. They're going to play a wild card series between the eighth place and ninth place teams in each conference. And I, I think the league right now would be very, very happy if Miami uh, could ascend up to number nine and get into one of those wild card series and uh, give the league a couple extra messy matches on TV. And we'll, we'll get to him uh, in just a minute, but I do want to ask it. I realize this question is sort of like summarize the feeling of the fan base, which is ridiculous to do and impossible in almost any scenario, especially uh, one as, as complicated as this one. But there was, <laughs> there was a time not that long ago where we were asking you questions about if they lose this weekend, do they make some changes? Yeah. Uh, they didn't. They didn't make changes in terms of the guys making decisions. Uh, th- those guys have since signed these players that have made them better. Like, what is the what is the temperature of of the fan base at this point, given how well things have gone the last couple of months? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. I look at the um, Reddit thread. Uh, there, there's a Reddit group that talks about Atlanta United a lot, and um, I, I look at that frequently. Um, and there's actually a, a thread going on right now in that sub talking about exactly that question. Like, hey, for all of you who wanted, you know, Bocanegra and Pineda uh, to not be here anymore, how do you feel now? And uh, there's a lot of responses in that thread, and about 95% of them <laughs> I still don't understand. Um, you know, I, I think Garth Lagerway deserves a lot of credit for the players they signed in this transfer window because he is the team president. But Gonzalo Pineda directly said after the match on Saturday, and I think he said it for a reason, just to remind everyone, Carlos Bocanegra is the guy who scouted all of these players. He's the one who scouted Mayan Bun, scouted uh, Shadi Sylvan, scouted Sada Lojanitsa. So he deserves a lot of credit for this as well. And you're right, Andy, it is a, I think it's a fan base that's extremely passionate. Uh, but as a result of that passion, they are uh, demanding. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't speak for them. I can just speak for what I observe, which is, again, like I said a moment ago, this is one of the hottest teams of the league right now. They're playing good soccer when it matters most, which is heading into the playoffs. Uh, they have a winning record against teams that are above the playoff line, so none of this is really a fluke to this point. I, I think – you know, Pineda and Bocanegra and Garth Lagerwey, obviously, all deserve a lot of credit for trying to make moves that would keep this team competitive this year and not just concede yeah. that, you know what, uh, it, it's going to have to be a, another year before we really go for things. Mike, yeah. I mean, uh, everybody knows about the disappointment of not having Messi play on play on Saturday afternoon, but what about the game itself, Mike? It was exciting. It was back and forth, goal scored and everything. How valuable was that as opposed to, I mean, to help out with maybe some of that sadness that he, he wasn't in the building? No, it, great point, Randy. I mean, like, it's kind of – the worst-case scenario that Messi's not going to be there, right? There, I'm sure there were tens of thousands of people, literally tens of thousands, who bought tickets solely to see Messi. And when he's not there, they're going to be disappointed. And, and that's, that's totally understandable. 
so then what you have to hope is that you have a match that is going to at least send those people home entertained and maybe thinking about, hey, you know, this MLS thing isn't bad. Right. Uh, you know, just anecdotally, I, I heard from um, a, a pretty good source that there were tens of thousands of people who came to the game Saturday and they could tell by ticket scans that they had never been to an MLS match before. And among those tens of thousands of people, most of them lived within close radius of the stadium. So I think they have proof now that there were a lot of people that were sampling the product for the first time. And how could you not be entertained by seven goals and a chippy match where a couple of fights nearly broke out and, uh, you know, a crowd that was really, really into it, and noisy and back and forth momentum swings. It was a really fun, kind of chippy, scrappy match. And I, I think for those who were disappointed that they didn't see Messi, at least have an experience that they'll be talking about down the line. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And again, the most important thing for me, from my perspective, is that Atlanta United won the game. Um, it is a bummer that he didn't play. There was a lot of build up to it. People spent a lot of money on it. What what was your reaction to some of the the narrative surrounding that? I've heard people say MLS has to do something about it, or there's some sort of obligation that he should have at least shown up and like waved at the crowd. I, I don't know. Where did you come down on him not being there? Yeah, the, the uh, yeah I heard that too. Like he needed to parachute into the like, stadium what? and wave to the crowd. Yeah. But like why? Yeah, uh, wow. Okay. I, I mean, so people get to applaud for a minute. I mean, that's not why I would buy a ticket. I wouldn't buy a ticket just so he could wave at me. I'd want to, you know, see him play, and that's why I would buy a ticket. Well, here's the reality. Lionel Messi is 36 years old. Inter-Miami is in a span of playing a ridiculous amount of matches in a short amount of time. Messi, as well, really didn't get the benefit of a full off-season because he's coming over, you know, first from the World Cup and then PSG and splashing pretty much right into Miami, so he hasn't had a break yet. The guy is not like a cyborg. He's not a robot. He does need time to recover. Tata Martino said he had muscle fatigue. I believe that. I also believe that if Tata Martino had gone to Lionel Messi and said, hey, man, we really, really need you tomorrow in Atlanta, Messi would have played. But I think Tata also understands what he's dealing with here. It's a a 36-year-old superstar still in the prime of his career, but the prime is not going to last much longer. And Inter-Miami is playing in a final for the U.S. Open Cup next week where they have a chance to win a second trophy. You've got to prioritize a little bit. So I don't blame Tata Martino. I don't blame Lionel Messi. I don't blame the league. I don't think there's anything the league can really do to compel him to play every single match. I think, if anything, hopefully it gives the league an opportunity now to assess are we playing too many matches in too short a span of time? And are there things we can do to space these matches out to maybe make it more realistic that Messi can play more matches? Mike, enjoy the nation's capital. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mike. See you guys. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.